1: So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
0: You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance weather ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want The volume. The Three Now podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for baseball, the NBA, NHL, PGA tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Monday afternoon... Uh, About 4 o'clock, a couple hours before the Warriors game, so if you're listening to this, uh, hopefully Steph Curry drops another 45 points, the Warriors are one game away from winning the NBA championship. If not, uh, Boston will host the U.S. Open and a potential chance to win the NBA Finals here later this week. So, uh, a lot of people are like, where was the weekend mailbag? We pushed the weekend mailbag to Monday, and then we just have a normal podcast today. At John Middlecop is how you get in the mailbag, but we also put a mailbag at the end of this podcast. So slide up into those direct messages and get your question answered here on the show. Uh, we're winding down to the summertime. So like I said, I'm going to need you. I need the people. This is the people show to be part of what we're doing because, you know, <laughs> we're pumping the brakes on football. I mean, literally everyone goes on vacation. It's it's like uh, sixth grade. You, you get the summer off. Uh, guys get, you know, 40 to 45 days to do whatever they want. And there's nothing no team activities until training camp, which is basically I think I saw the Niners or the 29th. I, I think most most teams, some teams with new coaches start a little bit earlier. And I guess the Raiders and the Jags because they play in the uh in the Hall of Fame game, which is usually early August. I would guess start, you know, early July, tw- I guess not early July, but July 22nd somewhere in there. So we got, you know, well over a month before any football teams are reporting. Uh, so we, we got to enjoy the stories this week and then uh, hope we got no arrests or anything because that's really the only stories that happen over the summer. Maybe some signings, I guess, some, some contract extensions. You, you never know. But we'll dive into some football stuff. Uh, we'll have a podcast Tuesday. We'll have a big golf podcast on Wednesday, GOLO. We'll be talking, you know, the live stories, some golf betting for the U.S. Open, and then we'll probably have we I won't probably we'll have another podcast Friday, and we'll just keep rocking and rolling. Subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends. You guys know the drill. One big thing that's been a talking point for the last, I would say, several weeks is who was going to show up and who was not going to show up for mandatory minicamp. Because really, as a veteran player. You do not need to attend anything beside basically four days of mandatory camp. One of them's a physical, and the other three days are practice. It's the only time you need to show up where the team can take action. And by action, in football, it's fining you. And it's like 16000 32000 like 48000 It adds up to a little over $95,000. Now, I had read a while back that... During the new CBA, the fining system changed that in training camp. Remember, if I held out, a lot of players historically held out for training camp to get new contracts and then they get paid and all the fines are rescinded. That is no longer possible. And I thought that also came into account for these mini camps. So my overall take was, I think it's pretty stupid to just give away $95,000. Like, I don't care what business you're in, in this economic climate. I don't know if you've seen the stock market. I, I don't care if you make a $1 million, $800,000, $10 million. I would not be handing over net 95 k when it's very avoidable. And really, in modern-day football, you can just show up and you don't have to do anything. It's not You don't have to go practice. I, I saw Debo. He just showed up and stood there. Now, he was interacting with the guys and with the offense, but he did not practice at all. And he did not get fined one penny. Because it makes no sense to give away ninety five thousand dollars now. Reading Albert Breer's MMQB, I guess mandatory mini camp. Unlike training camp, they can take it back. They can rescind it. So if I really like you, let's say the the football team with Terry McLaurin, Seattle with DK Metcalf, I could just you know not actually find you, right? But overall, my if I needed a new contract and I was one of these guys, and these guys have deserved new contracts. All the guys we're talking about. Terry McLaurin, DK, mm, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, I, I don't think Kyler does yet, given how much money he wants. And he's only going into his fourth year. He's got a five-year contract. Well, those guys are second and third round picks that the contract is shorter. And they don't have fifth-year options. So I, I'm I not budging on my take on not paying Kyler Murray. But I, And giving him credit would be strong, but he made the right decision. I would recommend to anyone, if I was their agent, if I was their friend, if I was their teammate, I think the best business practice is to show up and be around the team that you want to pay you because you don't want to go to summer. What do they always tell you? Uh, I'm not a married man, but you don't want to go to bed angry at each other, right? Now, is that totally realistic all the time? Of course not. But I think anytime, and I think this works in business, it works in personal relationships, anytime you can end a conversation or a situation, even if it's not quote unquote a positive note, But like you're somewhat on the same page and it's trending toward positivity, it's better than having a negative feeling in the air. So any of these players that showed up, even if they didn't do anything, that's the right business move in my opinion. Because when you stay away, it creates a bigger story and it actually doesn't accomplish anything. Because ultimately, this is not training camp. And there's not, quote-unquote, a date because there's not a game looming. Now, training camp's a little bit different. But now with the finding system, it's just terrible business, you know? Like, we've seen, I mean, I've said forever, Le'Veon Bell's decision is one of the worst in the history of professional sports. Sitting out the entire season when they were paying him over $14 million, And then he ended up getting a bad contract the following year and his career was basically over. He literally cost himself $14 million. And more likely than not, given how good he was playing, he would have made more money on the following contract than he did from the Jets, which his career went there to die. So when you're thinking about these situations and listen, as an NFL player, unlike baseball and basketball where the money's guaranteed And if you're just semi-good, you get enormous amounts of money. Football is difficult. And your career can end in one snap, one tackle, one bad cut. So you have to be very, very cognizant. And you got to approach it. Like, you got to take the emotion out of it. I totally get that. But uh, Lamar Jackson, the correct decision. Now, I don't know. By the time you're listening to this, he might be running the practice. I would recommend we're not taking a snap. So I, I, I am pro showing up. But I would not be okay with participating. Like there's a fine balance with a guy like Lamar, <clears throat> a guy like Debo. Uh, I saw Jordan Poyer wants a new contract. Some of these situations are different. Some of these guys are on their third contract. Any guy that's on a second contract, like that, it's going to be his first "quote unquote" big contract. I mean, Debo Samuel was a second round pick, right? L- Lamar Jackson was the 32nd overall pick. Guys that like want new contracts, like when Khalil Mack wanted a new contract years ago, he was the fifth overall pick and had made millions. So these situations are not all apples to apples. And uh, I I, I do think that you accomplish a lot more by just being around your head coach. Because the more you're around your head coach, when you're a good guy, they're going to be more inclined to like force their front office, like, let's just get this done. What are we doing? Why are we pinching pennies? Give them that extra million dollars. And then you move on. And I do think, and I've been saying over and over, Lamar is tough. Because, you know, do I love paying him $45 million a year? No, not ideally. I I view him like a better version of Dak. I'm not, I I don't count, you know, why are you counting other people's money? Well, it's a salary cap league. I, I don't actually care how much money Dak Prescott makes. But when you pay Dak Prescott $40 million and the salary cap is $200 million, it puts constraints on your team. So I said over and over, Dak Prescott, high-level guy, solid player. Would have loved to pay him like $28 million because the difference of $12 million to pay other people, which he is clearly very dependent on. I watched him in a playoff game. He couldn't carry his team as a major favorite at home. That happened. (laughs) I mean, it's it's just, it hasn't gone as well since they haven't been able to consistently run the football. Now, I would take Lamar Jackson over Dak Prescott every day of the week and twice on Sundays, but... I don't love compensating them at the Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen level. But the problem is, like, if I'm Lamar Jackson, under no circumstances am I not making minimum 15% of what Dak Prescott made. And we know that Dak Prescott got $160 million, makes $40 million a year. So if I'm Lamar Jackson, like, at minimum, you're paying me $43. <laughs> i have won an MVP. I saved your franchise. I look at John Harbaugh, I went, I remember when I showed up, they were going to fire your ass. And since I've been here, you've gotten contract extensions and we've gone to the playoffs. So pay me. But I, I I see it from both sides and these situations are not, they're complicated. The NBA Finals are here and so is your chance to score big on FanDuel Sportsbook. Throughout the NBA Finals, FanDuel is giving new customers $200 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Bet the money line, point spreads, player props, and so much more. Plus, you can combine your bets for an even bigger payday with the same game parlay. Just sign up with the promo code COLLIN. If you haven't tried FanDuel, now is the perfect time to give it a shot because the only thing sweeter than watching the finals is cashing in on all the action. Join today with the promo code Colin and turn $5 bet into $200 in free bets, win or lose. Make every game feel like Game 7 with FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee redline Line, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, one 522 4700 Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative.
1: Bold flavor, full pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Another thing
0: that I saw kind of went viral over the weekend. Maybe this happened last week. I didn't know this. I I haven't listened to it. But Tyreek Hill is a podcast. And uh, I I don't know. Maybe people listen to it. Maybe they don't but I saw things that he said on the podcast. I don't listen to a lot of the players' podcasts, but I do enjoy when they like say something specific and it goes viral, because then I can have an opinion on it. And the great part about aggregators and Roto World and Twitter is you can find that information without actually consuming their content, because I-, I probably wouldn't last too long on Tyree Kill's podcast. Maybe it's good, I don't know. Uh, I-, I never took Tyree Kill to be some big podcaster, but I appreciated him entering the space. He basically said, that uh, complained about his usage rate with the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think sometimes it, it's human nature, right? When life goes so well, I mean, so well. And Tyree Kill's last four years with the Kansas City Chiefs, he became a Hall of Famer. Like Tyree Kill is going to Canton, Ohio. He was the second best player beside Mahomes on a team that went to four AFC Championship games, multiple Super Bowls, and he caught essentially the game-winning catch to beat the 49ers when they won the Super Bowl on the Wasp play, right? When Mahomes, 4th and 15 or whatever, 3rd and 15, I don't even remember at this point in time, but hit him on the play that led to them, their big comeback, Tyreek Hill. And he basically said that, like, I didn't get used enough. And I just, before I even looked at the numbers and targets, I just thought, you know, this seems like the guy who's in a pretty damn good relationship his wife loves him. She's a smoke show. Kids are healthy. Job's great. And he's always complaining. It's like, bro, you got it pretty good. Like your life ain't that bad. And listen, sometimes you just people, their lives are going so well, they just get negative for whatever reason. Maybe it's just their, uh, it's just a natural reaction for them. But I think sometimes it's like, no, nah, this is just too perfect. It can't actually be this good. No, bro. It was actually that Perfect. You played with one of the greatest young players in the history of sports. Patrick Mahomes' first several years in the league is, you could borderline unprecedented in any sport, how dominant and great the guy was. And when you factor in, he's a great deep ball thrower with a huge arm and willing to take chances, Brett Favre style, perfect for, I don't know, one of the fastest players in league history. And they had an incredible fruitful relationship. Yet for this guy to complain about it, and he also played with a coach. Like, listen, I see Kyle Shanahan, who I, I consider one of the best coaches in the league and definitely one of the him and McVeigh best young coaches. Kyle Shanahan's first reaction to a play <clears throat> is to run the ball, not throw the ball. Where Andy Reid, his first reaction to a play is to throw the ball. And really, Kenny Stabler had this, I, I actually never heard him say this, but Tom Hanks, I heard interviewed one time, and says that he signs his emails. Tom Hanks from the Bay Area was a big Kenny Stabler, Oakland Raider in the 70s fan. And his, and his he signs his emails with, throw deep, baby. That was what Kenny Stabler used to say. Throw deep, baby. And that's Andy Reid. Wants to throw deep, baby. And he did. With Tyreek Hill. Who, then I looked, because he said, well, I didn't... You know, when you have one-on-one coverage and you are have certain matchups, you got to throw... A star, a ball. And even Tyreek was like, I'm not trying to be a diva, even though his comments were kind of diva like. And that's so why I looked. I said, Well, I wonder if Tyreek's targets last year were way lower than previous years or even just relative to the league in 2021. No, he was seventh in targets in the league. And really, he was 10 targets away from being, he had 159, Devontae Adams had 169, who was second in the NFL behind Cooper Cup. So Tyreek Hill was 10 targets away over the entire course of the season from being number two in targets in the National Football League. And if you think about it, Devontae Adams, who was number two, does not play with Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, who then I looked, I said, where's Travis? Was 13th in the NFL in targets. So it's like, well, Tyreek, you and Travis Kelsey combined, beside Mark Andrews and I think Hollywood Brown last year, by far were the highest teammate combination. So you are not on an island of the sense of you have an elite teammate who is also, while he's a tight end, he's a pass catcher. So they are not going to throw you the ball no matter what every single time. Think about some of their great wins last year, that Thursday night game against the Chargers, the game, the comeback against the, uh, the bills in the playoff game. Both guys play a huge role. And I've said over and over and over that I think that combination, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill, while quote unquote semi short lived, it's only going to be four years now that Tyreek's not there, is the greatest four year combination I've ever seen in my life. Sometimes you just get Rodgers and Devontae. Sometimes, and really, Cooper Cup. Now, Robert Woods got hurt. Obviously, Cup got a ton of targets throughout the whole season, but, you know, Robert Woods ain't Travis Kelsey. So it's like Cooper Cup got the majority of the targets because he was far and away the bet like he's the only potential Hall of Famer on that skill group. Travis Kelsey's going to the Hall of Fame with Tyree Kill. So when you have multiple Hall of Famers, you give them both the ball. It's Michael Irvin wasn't bitching him on, like, you know, if we didn't give it to Emmett as much. And listen, I get it. He's in this new shiny place. And I think he also said something about accuracy with Tua. It's like, bro, I, got- I- I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here on Tua. But I would not go out on a limb and start, you know, pounding my chest pro Tua, anti Patrick Mahomes. That's just not going to age well. You're going to lose that battle over time. It's like what I say with Seattle and pounding the table for Drew Locke. Like, I get it, John. You like Drew Locke coming out of college, and now you guys are excited to have him on your team. But you just traded Russell Wilson, who, if he's healthy with the Denver Broncos, is going to continue to be good. And more than likely, Drew Locke and you are going to suck. So you can say whatever you want. Historically, you could always say things. Now we see it. The evidence is there. We we, we watch every game. We all got the NFL package. We got ESPN.com. We don't miss much anymore. So like, you can't tell me Drew Locke is good when we've watched him and we know he sucks. You can't tell me that you're better off now without Russell Wilson. That's not a fact. Even though I understand maybe it was time for a divorce. I, I get it. But you are ultimately going to lose to public opinion because Russell's going to be good and Drew Locke is going to not be good, right? So Tyree Kill is kind of feeling himself. He just got paid a lot of money. He's earned it. He's been a dominant, dominant player. He's been one of the most, honestly, one of the most unique players I've ever seen, right? I always thought Deshaun Jackson was going to be the best deep threat of this modern era, not named Randy Moss. Tyree Kill is on a completely different level than Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson was a great player. And Tyree Hill is the Hall of Fame version of that. So I, I just think that if I was recommending, like I'd, I'd pump the brakes on some of the uh, the Chiefs' slander. <laughs> I was reading Breer this morning, just like, you know, I need to find a little NFL content. What is really going on? And he talked to Matt Ryan for a long time. He talked to Matt Ryan. He talked to Frank Reich. And one thing Matt Ryan mentioned is that he hasn't watched this much film in the offseason season. His entire career, since he first got to the league and he was just trying to learn what was going on. And it makes sense, right? Once, because you're just with the same team, you know your teammates' strengths and weaknesses, you get to practice with them. When you go to a new place, and this is what Matt was saying, like, I had to do a lot of film study on individual players. Like, I had to see what Michael Pittman Jr. did. I had to see what Jonathan Taylor did. I basically just watched them like a scout. Watched our offensive linemen. I basically put a scouting report in my head, separate from watching Frank's scheme of our individual players, so I could get to know them fast before I even started practicing with them. And I I was just thinking that last year, Matt Stafford's career, who ironically Matt Ryan leaned on when this situation happened, because it happened to him last year and he reached out to Stafford, he said, What's it like? And he asked him, like, you know, his thoughts on once he realized that he might get traded. And basically, Stafford told him, like, this would be the best thing that's ever going to happen to you. Because like anything in life, when you, even if you're the most ambitious, hardworking human being, it is human nature, I I, I think, to just get semi-content or get semi, you get consistent in something, and I think sometimes you can take your foot off the gas pedal. And anytime you're forced into change or change is forced into you, if you're worth your salt, it'll wake you the fuck up. And Matt Ryan, won. he's been playing in an organization for the last several years, which has basically been irrelevant. I remember when they played the 49ers last year and they were 7-7. and I was like, this is the worst 7-7 and team I've ever seen. And their games just did not matter. And I think a lot of people, I like, guess Matt Ryan ain't even any good. Is he just a stat patter? I mean, hell, people called Matt Stafford pad Stafford and you know what it turns out Matt Stafford was a very talented player with a ton of ability who was stuck in Detroit if he had been with a Sean Payton and Andy Reid a Bill Belichick his whole career we would talk about him consistently differently now Matt Ryan has benefited unlike Stafford he's had some good coaches he's played on some really good teams he's been to an NFC championship game he went to a Super Bowl he was obviously leading that Super Bowl so he, he's won an MVP he's had some moments But his career, I would say, became somewhat stuck in neutral. Now, he's older. He's not 30 years old. He's not even 33 years old. He's 36 years old. But I do think that this has the opportunity to change the way that we look at Matt Ryan. Because once upon a time, Matt Ryan was viewed as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We haven't thought that for years now. And he gets to go to a team with an offensive-minded head coach, a team that was desperate to get consistency at quarterback. They have had how many quarterbacks? Basically a quarterback a year for the last several years. And the last quarterback they had, for whatever reason, just can't seem to get along with people. Like I'm sorry, you could you could argue maybe it wasn't all Carson Wentz's fault with the Eagles. Now, a year later, it's hard to say, yeah, it's probably more Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has problems fitting in. And he consistently finds himself fitting out. And then I see him interviewed, and he, you know, he's taking the high road. And listen, he always says the right things but clearly his actions don't match that when he's in the building. And now you got Matt Ryan that no one could argue is like one of the most consistent humans in the league. I think it's just going to give them stability. He's going to be motivated. And Stafford has more talent than Matt Ryan, but I do think like similar situations, you go to a more talented team, you, you get this fire of like, I finally get to prove like I'm better than everyone thinks. And for Matt Ryan, like, he sniffed it. He's been that close. This is his opportunity. And I think we are going to see a very, very motivated Matt Ryan. I think we're going to see a very, very motivated Colts team. I mean, they they had the most embarrassing finish of last year. To lose the Raiders and then obviously losing the Jags week 18, like that was the worst ending of a season last year. At least the Cardinals, who also had an embarrassing ending, happened in the playoffs. Like, we've seen teams have embarrassing losses in the playoffs. It's still in the playoffs, right? The, the Colts did not make it to the playoffs. How that's possible, I still don't know, but it happened. Now you get Matt Ryan, now you get the team, and definitely the head coach who has a lot to prove. I, I'm bullish on them this year. And then last but not least, I saw you know some teams, obviously the Ravens, and the Broncos, and there are other teams throughout the league. Some teams canceled it. I saw Doug Peterson canceled practices. But the Broncos are having their mandatory minicamp this week. And I saw Nate Hackett, who's, you know, UC Davis guy. He's excited. He brings a lot of great energy. Was just talking about just being interviewed. I mean, they're practicing now on the field. And I, I don't know that much about the, the one of the Walton kids who purchased this team beside, you know... Th- it feels, it's weird, right? They're, they're one of the biggest businesses in the country, but it, it doesn't feel they're out front in the sense of like Elon or or Bezos or even some of the tech guys like uh, Tim Cook. or You know, there they're, they're are bigger, C, Jamie Dimon, just CEOs that we feel we know their personality. Or if you watch finance shows, they're just a bigger part of it. I, I never see the Waltons talk. I don't know anything about them. Even David Tepper, when he bought it, like a lot of people knew a lot about him. Cohen, who bought the Mets. Balmer, who bought the Clippers. Like those guys, it felt like we had somewhat of an idea what they were going to be like as owners. I know nothing about the Waltons beside that they own Walmarts and are super rich. All of them. But here's what I do know. When super rich people purchase something, like they typically want to hire the guys to run their operation. That's the whole point of owning something, right? Is you get to dictate who runs something and who doesn't. Now, sometimes if you bought a random business and someone told you, you know what? The guy running your business is the most talented person in the industry. You would be crazy not to keep him. If we just bought a random football team and and Sean Payton was my head coach and everyone that I talked to in the business was like, you know what? You're very, very lucky. You just got one of the best coaches. You'd keep him. You wouldn't even think twice. He'd have a much longer leash. But when you inherit a team, or I mean, you inherit a coach, you don't inherit a team, he bought the team, and you get this coach that, let's face it, a couple years ago, most people had not heard of. Like, Russell Wilson is going nowhere. Many people expect Russell Wilson to sign a massive, massive contract extension this offseason. But Hackett? Like, what is his equity, one, with the Broncos, two with the Waltons, and just three overall with the league. Like, when I say with the league, like, is the media going to defend him? He, don't, he, he doesn't have any. So when you look at this guy, I think the pressure on him, and I've said it for a while, the pressure on Josh McDaniels is high. Mark Davis is not firing him. I said Brandon Staley, pressure is enormous. He has the best roster. Dean Spanos is so cheap. His sister's suing him now. He ain't firing him either. But Nate Hackett, who just got a brand new owner in the middle of minicamp who paid almost $5 billion. The biggest purchase in the history of American pro sports team, I think is now officially on the clock. And I'm not saying that's fair. I'm not saying that's right, but that's just the way the world works. You mean, know, this guy just bought the business. I mean, I, I have several friends who uh, are either part of a company that were bought by venture capitalist firms Or I had a family friend that started their own company and were purchased by a venture capitalist firm. And basically what they do is they pick specific industries, whether it's alarms, whether it's cold boxes and Safeways and Albertsons, and they basically buy a huge cluster of them, you know, maybe like six, seven in a given region. And then they consolidate them all to make a lot of money. And then they take those consolidated companies, basically put them under one umbrella, and then they sell it again. It's basically just selling cash flow, And a lot of times when the businesses are doing well, they let the people that are running the individual companies keep running them. But sometimes they say, hey, listen, we'll give you a year or two years of leeway and they never do. And they either fire those people, force them out. They basically place their own person in there. That's the way the world works. I don't think it's gonna be any different. Who's to say that Walton in in the back of his mind doesn't think, I'll pay Sean Payton $20 million a year. He just literally paid $5 billion for the team. Think about Steve Ballmer. Basketball is a little different. It's much more player dependent, a little less about the coach. He got the team and all he thought about was like, how do I get Kawhi Leonard? How do we get more stars? How do we get stars? And what did he do? He figured out a way to get stars. Who's to say that Walton won't just be like, I'll do whatever it takes to get Sean Payton. I'll pay Sean Payton $22 million a year. Get him out of retirement Get him away from the Fox booth and have him coach the Denver Broncos. And look at what he can tell him. I, I have a co- I have a quarterback under contract and a good roster for you. So I, I again not anti this guy. I don't even know that much about him beside where he went to college a long time ago. And then his dad once coached for the for Bill Walsh and he coached Joe Montana. But I, I think the moment this sale is official, I guess it's quote unquote unofficial right now. He's getting the team, but whenever the money is transferred and he's announced as the new owner of the Denver Broncos, I think Hackett's immediately on the clock. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. at thousands of retail locations
1: around the country.
0: Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bowl flavor, full
1: pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
0: When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards Okay, let's get in a little Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram, which is my name, two Fs. Uh, fire up into those direct messages and get your question answered here on the podcast. Hey, John, sweet freaking pod. <laughs> Love the football insight. I like this. I like this guy, Peter. you sound like a good man. Going to go rogue with the mailbag today, though. Favorite comedy TV show movies. Keep it up. I would say right now, Barry is—it's uh, as good as it gets as a television show. It is just brilliant. Uh, it, it really, Bill Hader, you know, plays this assassin. It—you it, just—I would imagine many people listening to this or watching it. It is fantastic. I, the the bald Russian mobster is one of the great characters of all time. Uh, maybe it's because I'm also bald, but he is hilarious uh love, love Barry. I would say I'm also watching We Own the City. I forget the actor's name, but he's in like the Punisher. He's kind of this, I wouldn't say he's an up and coming actor. He's been pretty famous now for a while, but he he's really good in the show. uh it's it's kind of got, you know, I mean, it's made by the guy that made the wire, but it's similar again, I would imagine many people listening to this are watching it as well. Thanks for running this pod. And the mailbag, I like your focus on the business side of things. I appreciate your understanding of the salary cap coming due at some date with dead cap. It's so frustrating to hear that cap doesn't matter. There seems to be a trend in teams more and more aggressively pushing cap into the future. The strategy seems to be cyclical where teams need to boost their peak Super Bowl window as much as possible with a high cash over cap. Then eventually it all comes due and they rebuild and repeat. Since other teams are doing this, it would be really hard to compete for a Super Bowl without stretching the cap out. I wonder how it affects the NFL long-term. First, do you think teams that are rebuilding may purposely slow play until their rivals are in cap hell for a few years? For example, the Bucks, Rams, and Packers, to name a few, look like they're going to be in some rough spots in a couple years. If, say, the Seahawks know the Rams will be laden with dead cap a few years from now, Would they plan to peak in, say, 25 or 26 when the division may be easier? Or is it too localized a matter in the broader scope of the league, and is there too much variance from that plan that far into the future? Yeah, I mean, I would say you build and budget your team for who is on your team. Like, if you're the Lions, it doesn't make sense to break the bank for players when you don't have a quarterback. Same with the Giants, right? You want to bottom out, get your quarterback, and then go from there. Now, some teams, you know, they're some their team, they're talented enough that they can be competitive without a top quarterback. But for the most part, without a quarterback, you don't really have a shot. So I think every team is just consumed with getting a guy that they feel can be a playoff starting quarterback. I think we always like, you got to find Mahomes, you got to find Josh Allen. No, you just got to find like Kirk Cousins. Because if you get Kirk Cousins, you can just be competitive. So, you know, part of Seattle now is like, who could be their quarterback for the next five years? He's not on their roster. So if they suck this year, do they end up with that guy? Now, does that mean Pete Carroll and John Schneider get fired? I, I don't know. But I don't think you can... You were always focused on the teams in your division, right? But, like, if you're the Falcons, like, ultimately, you have Marcus Mariota, right? I guess you drafted the kid from Cincinnati, too, but... You're just trying to become put the best roster forward possibly. I, I, you, you just never know what's going to happen in 2024. And the NFL, it's the easiest sport to turn yourself around quickly, especially now they've added this seventh wild card spot. That, like, I I think you can come out of nowhere strong. But I think when Carson Wentz was traded, most people thought the Eagles were just going to suck. Hell, I probably did. Then all of a sudden they went 9-8, and and a year later we go, and they still, I don't think there are that many believers in their quarterback, but he's clearly solid, and their team's really good. And I think a lot of people are going to pick the Eagles to win that division this year. So it just shows you, if they would have been consumed with bottoming out and sucking, you know, they wouldn't be where they're at. I'm not exactly sure what the limits on length of contract can be, but if they are unbounded, the teams could just continue to push the cap farther and farther in the future, in this case, the bill could never come due, and they could have dead cap 20 or 30 years in the future. I think the NFL needs to adjust their regulations to present insane caps spreading over the decades. The difference is agents and teams, or excuse me, the teams would sign a guy to a 10-year contract, but a, t- a player won't. You know, I mean, it's, I would say, a six-year extension non-quarterback is about as long as you're ever going to see, like what Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald got years ago. But most co- most contracts are four or five years. Love the pod. Us Johns need to stick together. So this guy is also named John. Had a Chiefs question for you. With Tyreek gone, who will be our breakout wide receiver? We just got Juju, MVS, Sky Moore, and Justin Ross. We also still have Hardiman. I know Travis Kelsey will get the ball a lot, and I don't like our running backs. I actually think the little guy... Uh, What the hell is his name? Number 25, the running back from LSU, Clyde. I I, I think he was coming on last year and he got banged up a couple times. I I think Clyde's going to be good in this offense. Uh, I I would expect Sky Moore to be a factor. I would expect Sky Moore to be a factor and a factor fast. I could also see MVS making some plays with Mahomes. I mean, he made plays with Rodgers. What's your take on the Lions winning the North this year? The majority of their games last season were all decided late in the fourth quarter, and with another year of Dan Campbell, St. Brown coming into his own, Jamison Williams being a very valuable piece of the offense. I think I saw a headline that J- they don't expect Williams, Jameson to be ready anywhere near the start of the season. Uh, could have read that headline wrong, but definitely he's not going to be started at training camp. So I don't know. I, to me, he is very possibly going to be on Pup if I was a betting man. I do not think the Lions are a threat to win that division. I think that division is a two-horse race. It's the Packers and how well they transition their passing offense without Devontae for the season, uh, and then the Vikings. If their coach is good and their defense can be better, I I don't think you have any chance. I I just don't. I know you guys were competitive and you played hard. There's a difference between being competitive and playing hard and having enough talent to win nine games. And I don't think you're anywhere near that. I mean, you guys drafted, you are the second pick of the draft. So to go from the second pick of the draft to win your division, and to win the division probably take 10 wins, that'd be a pretty enormous historic turnaround. I I can't think of any time that ever happens. The Niners, they got Nick Bosa and then they went to the Super Bowl. But the reason they ended up for Nick Bosa is Jimmy G tore his ACL. Like, I saw your quarterback, Jared Goff. Nice guy, just... Average player. I've uh, been listening to you for a few years now. East Coast guy, but love your talk of West Coast courses and general stuff to do. Can't wait to get back out that way. Titans question. What everyone is raving to discuss. Do you think that Malik Willis, his cleats touched the field in 22 beyond a few random red zone gadget special teams plays? I didn't love him as a prospect, especially as an early first rounder, but for the value... I really like the pick by the Titans in the third round. Tanhill does not seem like the future in Nashville, especially after the last playoff performance. But when is Willis's time to shine? Does he ever become the guy for the Titans? In your opinion, I think anytime you take a guy after pick like fifty, there isn't some huge urgency for him to become the starter, right? Like Ryan Tannehill, I, that game against the Bengals is just an all-time dud when you're the number one overall seed. I mean, their general manager cried at the combine because of what he feels that like what, how they screwed that situation up. They were the number one overall seat hosting the Bengals. I, I mean, and Joe Burrow is just dramatically better player and Tannehill threw three picks. But I don't think you can ever like to me when you draft a guy in the first round, even if he red shirts like Trey Lance two years ago, right? Trey Lance was going to be the starter. Lamar Jackson when he was drafted pick 32, he was going to be the starter. Mac Jones was going to be the starter. Most guys if you're drafted like after the second round, like third, fourth, you're not guaranteed anything. So I if I was a betting man, I would say it's going to be very very difficult for them to feel Malik Willis is better than Ryan Tannehill in the near future. Obviously this year like you said, zero chance unless there's an injury. But even next year, like, I'm not the biggest Tannehill guy, but I I just don't see how Malik Willis within 24 months is better than him. And John Robinson and Mike Vrabel are trying to win. So you're not just going to get rid of Tannehill if you don't think that this guy can get you double-digit wins. Because you get double-digit wins with Tannehill. Love him or hate him. I mean, that's just a fact. You've talked about how lucky guys like Mahomes and Brady were to go to great situations that put their careers on the path of success and how unlucky some guys, especially quarterbacks are to go to bad situations. I feel like Joe Burrow is an exceptional all time outlier in NFL history. He turned the Bengals from a perennial joke to one miss block from Super Bowl champions in two years. Beyond all the ta- tangible talent and stuff you can see on film, I feel like he deserves MVP consideration for making the Bengals franchise believe they can win. Him and Peyton Manning are the only two guys that come to mind for me. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he's just... But There aren't many guys in pro sports who can show up and turn a franchise around. Like, again, I'm recording this before the Warriors game, but people talk about like, oh, the Warriors, Steph Curry... Like, the Warriors, when Steph Curry got here, were a fucking joke. I mean, they were the Sacramento Kings. They always lost. Boom. He changed the franchise. Peyton Manning changed the franchise. Right? What Joe Burrow did in one year, listen, Ed Ogeron, I made fun of him. Then I met him. I enjoyed hanging out with him at the Super Bowl party. But Ed Ogeron was running out of town pretty quickly after Joe Burrow left. And LSU, who underachieved before he got there, then he got there, and by his second year, they became the greatest college football team we've arguably have ever seen. They are definitely the greatest offense in college football history. One year, 15-0, all the points, all the records, all the talent. I mean, they got they have a guy that led the Bengals to Super Bowl, and they arguably have two wide receivers that are like top four wide receivers in the NFL. So, yeah, man, I just I don't I agree. <laughs> Now, I would say this about the Bengals. Mike Brown... I feel a lot of people talk shit about the Bengals, and I'm probably guilty historically. But with Marvin Lewis, like they were consistently pretty good. They went to the playoffs a lot. They had a lot of really good players. I mean, they, they were very, very successful with Carson Palmer and Andy Dalton. So, like... It's not like he... Now, they had been losing. That's why he was the number one overall pick. And then the second year after he got hurt, they were the number five overall pick to get Jamar Chase. But when you look at the franchise... I think they're more competitive than we give them credit for. The Browns said they needed a grown-up in the room and then traded a shit ton of draft capital and committed uh, Ghana's GDP to a guy with more sexual assault accusations than I can count. The hypocrisy is comical, so typical of the franchise. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's a double whammy. I think it speaks to they did not like Baker Mayfield at all. And then they had the chance to get a very talented quarterback and their owner just doesn't give a shit. He was willing to make the risk. And right now, I think most people think it's insane because it has not gone well for them at all. Hey, John, big fan of the show. Now that Deshaun Watson's lawyer, Rusty Harden, came out and basically validated all the allegations along with the 24th victim coming out, do you think the Browns regret their decision of trading for him? and wish they could go back in time and never do it. Keep up the good work. Well, the reality is, whoever would have traded for Deshaun Watson, whether the Browns... Like, if it ultimately wasn't about the money, in the sense of, let's say the Browns were never going to give him that big of a contract, and his contract just would have been a normal, sweet quarterback contract, like Dak Prescott or something. $140, $150, 160000000 million contract extension, instead of the 230 If he was on the Falcons, if he was on the Saints... Uh, I'm trying to think who are the other teams that were in the mix trading for him. I guess it was Falcon Saints-Panthers. Was that the other team? I can't even remember now. So much has happened. I think they all would have immediately regretted it. I think it's worse because they gave all the picks, which I think, what, three first-rounders, a couple twos, and $230 million? But it's just going to be hard to shake. And I... I don't know, man. Every week, a a female gets added. Every week, there's a new massage therapist that comes forward. Every week, there's this claim like, yeah, he was paying a guy that ran the masseuses to funnel him new ones. And it's just, I, I don't know how you avoid the situation not getting worse. Because every time you think it might end, it never ends. Ever. It just keeps on going. Quick question as a Bronco fan. Why does Trevor Lawrence, as a first overall pick, get a pass for not lighting it up under Urban, but Drew Locke doesn't get a pass for a second round pick under Sherman's pathetic excuse for an offense? He looked good at times in Scangare- when Skangarello was the OC. Just saying. Well, Drew Locke's been in the league for this is going on his fourth season. So he started under several people, and then he could not beat out Teddy two yards. Teddy two yards. Couldn't beat him out. Couldn't happen. And I thought it was crazy, but it turns out Drew Locks is not better than him. So Trevor Lawrence has been in the been in the NFL for one year. The other thing, the reason we talk about the Broncos potentially being good and Russell Wilson being able to save the franchise is because they got all this talent on the team. They got a really good offensive line. They got a stud running back. They got multiple wide receivers. Drew Locke couldn't do anything. And then we look at the Jags and we go, is Urban the worst coach we've ever seen? is this guy a complete fraud? And the answer is, you kind of, for for the NFL. Great college coach, complete NFL fraud. Completely over his skis. Then you factor in, they're the Jags, and all they do is lose. And then you factor in, like, who the hell was he playing with? So his coach had no clue what he was doing. His offensive coordinators were like uh, Schottenheimer and Bevel, a couple guys that Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll ran out of town. And then the talent around him was below average at best. So no one's given him a pass. You could argue it did not go well. No one argues that. But he had one season for the joke. And I mean the joke, Jags. Now, will that change under Doug? I think now we'll start evaluating him with a real NFL coach, some real talent around him. But yeah, I I think people are going to evaluate him critically these next couple years. If after three seasons, like Drew Locke, he has similar stuff, it's not going well, they're not winning, he doesn't look good, everyone will crush him. That's a fact. I think I answered this question without actually answering the question, but let's do this again. Can you explain why you think Phillip Rivers would be great in the booth? I'm fading that hard. He is such a nerd. His PG-rated trash talk on the field was so cringeworthy. Well, I think I talked about this on a previous podcast. You don't swear on CBS, ABC, or Fox. You're not allowed to. There are rules. So even John Gruden, who swears all the time, when he was on Monday Night Football, he did not cuss. So not swearing on the football field doesn't matter because you can't swear on television. Now, if he went to Amazon, maybe the rules there are differently, but I don't. the NFL wouldn't want him cussing. Now, obviously, he wouldn't either. Have you just watched him talk about football and interact with people? His passion, his enthusiasm, his energy? That's what this is. Do you have the enthusiasm and energy? And then you factor in, like, let's face it, he's a massive, massive name. I watched guys call football games who were mediocre NFL players. Now, obviously, to get to the NFL, you're an excellent football player. But relative to his peers, there are a lot of guys calling football games who are just average guys. Some guys were above average, but most guys were not quote-unquote stars because most stars don't end up calling games. Aikman would be somewhat of an outlier. But if Troy Aikman had played in the modern-day NFL, he would have made $200 million more and might not have ever even called games in the first place. When his career ended, while he was very rich, he will nowhere be nearly as rich as Peyton Manning or some of these guys. Now, I think Phillip Rivers would have been fantastic on TV because of his energy, his understanding, and mainly his love of football. I say it all the time. When people ask, like, how do you put together a good podcast? How do you do this? I think anytime you enjoy and love what you're talking about, it, it comes off And people listening. If I care about what I'm talking about, so will you. I've said over and over, John Gruden was a pretty fraudulent coach when he returned. But one thing when you watched him on TV, love him or hate him, you could always feel the guy loved football. John Madden's main point of difference was football meant everything to him. I think when you watch the Manning brothers, but specifically Peyton, you just go, God, this guy loves football. Whenever Tom Brady, if you watch Man in the Arena, how much football means to him, it's hard to not like, it's hard to turn off Man in the Arena because you're watching Tom and it, it permeates throughout the television. I think Phillip Rivers would have fallen under that category of just love of the game. Love being around the game. What did he do when he retired? He became a high school football coach. Do you know what Phillip Rivers could have done? Anything he wanted to do. It's like Jerry Jones says at every training camp to his team, I could be anywhere in the world, but I'm sitting here with you. You know why? Because he loves the Dallas Cowboys. And you know what Phillip Rivers loves? Football. So I, I, yeah, he doesn't swear. I swear, if I worked for Fox calling games, I wouldn't be allowed to do that. So that doesn't matter. It's to me, it's his energy and his passion. He would have been elite. My problem with Drew Brees was not big enough personality. I said it from the jump. I don't think Drew Brees is a big swear. I actually think Drew Brees like Philip Rivers, super high character guy. One guy feels like a ten out of ten on the energy scale. The other guy feels like a four. That doesn't mean Drew Brees wasn't a great quarterback. That doesn't mean he wasn't a great teammate. But when it comes to being on television and entertaining us, the consumer, you got to have more juice than I do on the couch. And if my team's playing, or I got a lot of cash on the game, which let's face it, a lot of people listening do, we gamble on these games, we watch these games, we invest a lot of our energy and our time into these teams, whoever our favorite team is, just the sport of football, I need the guy on television to feel like he's right there. Say what you want about McAfee, and I'm not like some loyal listener to him, but his energy jumps through the radio or jumps through the YouTube screen. It's elite. And that's his point of difference, I think. Now, obviously, his connection, he knows a bunch of people in the NFL, he's popular. I think his energy is second to none. And that matters a lot. So I I think Phillip Rivers, I will stand by this would have been a star on television. Just like Peyton Manning is. Because both of them, y- y- when you're addicted to something, like those guys are addicted to football, you can't hide it. It it, it comes through. And I-, I think that's a huge reason that makes people great at television or great at when they're talking about a sport or calling games. They got to love it as much as the fan does it. And guess what the fan does typically? Loves it a lot. And we don't, you know, for most fans, like you make any money off it. You just, yeah, it's a true passion of yours. And it's nice when the guy on television feels like he's on your level of love of what you're watching. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a good day. Have a good week. We'll have a golf podcast out Wednesday, another football podcast out Friday. Keep rocking and rolling. Adios. <laughs>
1: Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
0: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 US-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one.